I would like to welcome you to the workshop series titled God's Financial Wisdom for Young People. The presenter, Tom Copeland, is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ who has been called to teach God's Word on finances since 1982. Tom has helped thousands of people learn and apply God's financial principles. Tom is the founder and president of Copeland Financial Ministries, and his financial moments are aired on numerous radio and TV stations. Now, here's Tom teaching God's financial wisdom for young people. I would like to welcome you to this series, God's Financial Wisdom for Young People. Although the biblical principles taught in this series can benefit anyone of any age, the practical applications, including the real-life case studies, will be focused on the financial challenges that young people face. By young people, generally I'm referring to people between the ages of 15 and 29 years of age. This is session five of eight sessions on the topic, God's Financial Wisdom for Young People. And in this particular session, it's focused on biblical financial advice for engaged and newly married couples. I can say this, since 1982, I've provided biblical financial advice to thousands of individuals and couples. One thing I've noticed is very few couples discuss finances before they get married. Very few discuss it before they get married. Generally, they are deeply in love with each other and feel that their love will overcome any challenges that they face. However, unfortunately, there can often be big negative surprises after the wedding day. Here's some examples. Very few will disclose their debts before marriage and very rarely will anyone discuss and agree on their lifestyle expectations and prepare a budget to see if they, those expectations are realistic. Very, very few people will, will, will do these kinds of things before they get married. So here's a question. Do you think the management of money can impact your relationship with your spouse? Or do you think your relationship with your spouse, or you're supposed to be if you're, if you're not married yet, is totally independent from the management of money? What do you think? Do you think the management of money can impact your relationship with your spouse? And do you think um, having debts brought into a marriage, do you think that can have an impact after marriage? This question and this topic is of utmost importance, by the way, not only to married couples, but also to engaged couples, and even those individuals who are still single, but you would like to get engaged and get married one day. So do you think the management of money could impact your relationship with your spouse? I'd say this, having seen thousands of cases since 1982, that given that most people do not address, do not address finances before they get married, it's reasonable to assume that they do not think finances is a major concern in building a marriage relationship. And this is not true. And I know I've talked to lots of young people and middle-aged people and older people that have been married and, and indicated that they had no idea that finances could destroy their marriage relationship. I can tell you this, almost every week, actually it's now about two or three times a week, someone calls me, it could be the wife or the husband, indicating that they and their spouse are having financial difficulties. Generally speaking, either one or both spouses have been violating God's financial principles, spending more than they should, accumulating debts, resulting in arguments between husband and wife, which has destroyed the marriage relationship. Without me asking anything about the relationship, frequently they will share with me that their marriage relationship is in trouble. And frankly, when I'm counseling them, especially if they're together, I can sense their relationship's in trouble. I can sense the tension between husband and wife as, as we talk about finances. I will often comment that I'm a financial counselor. I'm not a marriage counselor. But they will still share their marriage relationship problems in the process of sharing with me their financial problems. Now, why do you think that would be? Why do you think that is? I can tell you this from thousands of couples that I've counseled. It's because finances and the marriage relationship are closely interconnected and most people do not understand or are not aware of that interconnection. Genesis 2.24 says that a husband and wife are to be one flesh, so generally whatever impacts one spouse 
will impact the others. So if one spouse accumulates a lot of debt, it's going to impact the other spouse, that's for sure. I can say this, about one-third of the people that we, we counsel in the ministry are separated or divorced, and in almost every case that I've seen, they indicate that finances was the most common area that they and their ex-spouse argued about. And of interest, from what I've seen, most of the time, most of the time, there was enough money, enough income. But unfortunately, either one or both were managing money the world's way, managing it with a secular perspective rather than a biblical perspective. So they were violating God's financial principles and now later suffering the consequences. My advice to couples, do not ignore your financial problems because long-term they can easily destroy your marriage relationship. Not only can financial problems destroy your financial health, but it can destroy your marriage relationship and indirectly even destroy your health as well. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for, for it. So you need to see that uh, any potential financial struggles that you're having before you get married are, are if your, couple, your spouse has got a lot of, your fiance has got a lot of debt, it's going to cause problems after you get married. And so that's my advice to engage couple or even someone who's dating who think you might get uh, married. Address the area of finances before you get married and ideally even before you get married, get engaged, even ideally because once you get engaged it can be more difficult to, to call off the wedding but sometimes it's necessary. I can say this, most couples do not discuss finances and often after the wedding day there are some big surprises such as the following. One spouse has accumulated a significant amount of debt that the other spouse was not aware of. And so uh, if your spouse that you got, just got married to has a lot of debt, as a practical matter, that becomes your debt too. It may not legally be your debt, but as a practical matter, it becomes a, a, a burden for you as well. Also, if one spouse has a bad credit rating, when they go to apply for their first mortgage on a home as a couple, often they are turned down. The negative credit rating of one spouse can also prevent a couple from even renting a house as very often today, landlords are doing credit checks. And another thing of interest, I got a lot of clients in the placement business in my accounting firm, is lots of employers are doing uh, credit checks before they hire somebody. And so a bad credit rating can result in uh, some lost job opportunities. I think of a case with a fellow that I just counseled not, not too long ago. Um, he had um, applied for a really good job at a really good salary. And uh, he had gone through a, a series of... Um, interviews, etc., and they did a bunch of references on him, and everything was good, and he was about, they are about to hire him, they said, there's just one last thing we got to do, and that's a credit check, and uh, they did the credit check, found out that he and his wife had a bad credit rating, and uh, he lost the job opportunity, and that, that happens today. And I can say this, debt surprises after the wedding day can cause tremendous relationship problems, as one spouse may feel deceived or cheated by the spouse who has brought a lot of debt into the marriage. It can destroy the marriage relationship. And all of these things is likely going to result in tension between husband and wife, um, for sure. Maybe they can stick it out as a couple, but it's going to destroy their marriage relationship. And I can tell you this, in many cases, if it's not dealt with in a biblical fashion, um, it can result and very often results in separation and divorce. Interesting, um, most surveys indicate that when a couple has separated or divorced, about 70 to 80% of the time, finances was the most common thing that they argued about. Do you think there's a solution when, when uh, we know from statistics, not just my experience, but just general statistics, that when couples separate or divorce, often, more than often than not, finances was the number one thing they argued about. Is there a solution? I'd say the answer is absolutely yes. Big picture, the answer is simple. Both husband and wife need to learn God's way of managing money. It's that simple. 
Now, that, there's a lot more steps to it than that, but that's the big picture, simple answer. That involves both of them studying what God's Word says on finances, meditating on key scriptures to allow God through His Spirit and His Word to change the way they think about and manage money and material things. So I'd say this, studying God's Word on finances is so, so critical. I can't overemphasize that. Hebrews 4.12 states, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God's Word is powerful and it's truth. You need to get into God's Word. Romans 12.2 is another key scripture that uh, people need to claim. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Renew, that is, renewing your mind from thinking in a secular uh, or fashion in, and change that to a biblical fashion, a, think in a biblical fashion. How do you do that? The answer is given in Joshua 1.8, which states, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I can say this, since 1982, I've seen thousands of cases where God's people have meditated on God's Word. They really got into the Word. They meditated on it. They prayed over it. They asked God to direct them. And, uh, and God, through His Word and His Spirit, changed the way they think about uh, money, the way they manage, which in turn, when you, you change the way somebody thinks about money and material things, they start to manage money differently. And we have seen hundreds of marriage relationships restored by just giving biblically-based financial advice. I just praise God for that, that he's, he's enabled us to help so many marriage relationships to be restored just by giving biblically-based financial advice. And again, as I said, I don't give marital, I don't do marriage counseling. That's not my expertise. But often the, the major issue, if, it's, if the major issue is finances um, and they learn and manage money God's way, the marriage relationship, uh, the financial problems can be relieved and the marriage relationship can be healed. I say generally this, most Christians have limited knowledge of God's Word on finances. Here's why. The Bible has about 2,350 scriptures that apply to money. Of interest, only 3% relate to giving, which is the area that most Christians sort of know about. They've heard about tithing. 97% relate to other topics, such as the dangers of debt, how to get out of debt, the admonition to plan ahead, and godly versus worldly attitudes on money. And that's an area, that's that 97% that I find most Christians have limited knowledge of. And I find, that unfortunately, except for the area of giving, God's word on finances is generally is not taught in most churches, and most Christians just don't have a good understanding of what the Bible says on such critical areas of finances. So generally speaking, they're managing money the world's way, and they're unknowingly violating biblical financial principles. And when you do that, in due course, you will suffer the consequences. I'd like to now talk about areas of financial temptation. And I can say that both men and women have their unique areas of financial temptation. Actually, most people have some area of financial temptation. What I mean by that is where they would tend to spend too much money. They spend more than they really should. And so what do you think are the common uh, temptation, financial temptations for the men? What do you think the common financial temptations are for the men? Think about that. I'd say a few are uh, vehicles, purchasing a new vehicle every three or four years spending too much money on tools, uh, maybe too much money on sports and recreation, maybe uh, spending too much money on electronic gadgets, whatever whatever it is. And I can say this to the men. Uh, if you buy things you don't need, I know this from experience, and you accumulate debt, the, uh, the stress caused by the debt can easily destroy your relationship with your, your wife, including your physical and emotional intimacy with your wife. It can easily destroy it. Uh, very easily. I got a call from a, a guy just a few weeks ago telling me about their financial problems 
And I didn't ask, I just, I just, I just, what I say to people is tell me about your financial problems. Explain to me where you're at and, and what's happened and how you got there. So he's telling me everything. And he said, you know what, two weeks ago my wife moved out of the bedroom. I didn't ask about his relationship with his wife, but again, it can destroy the, re the relationship. Now, I'm not suggesting the wife did the right thing, but often that's what'll happen. And, um, and I could say to the ladies, um, um, you know, they shouldn't, they, they need to make sure, they need to claim uh, Ephesians 4.26 where it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't let anger and bitterness um, prevent you from being a wife to your husband, okay? It's, uh, that can easily destroy the marriage. And men, you need to learn and consistently connect with your wife um, emotionally. She has emotional needs that, that need to be met. And, um, and connect with her, let her talk, um, listen to her carefully. She needs to connect with you emotionally so that you can have a, a very strong, uh, wholesome relationship. And uh, it, on the financial side, don't spend more than you, you should. If you accumulate debt, it can easily destroy your, your marriage relationship. So the next question I would say is, what do you think are the common financial temptations for the women? What do you think are the common financial temptations for the women? I'd indicate a few, spending too much at the shopping mall, hair salons, um, decorating for the house, etc., various areas like that. I can say this, women, if you spend too much and accumulate too much debt in due course, the husband's going to get angry and is a minimum frustrated, and often he's going to withdraw from you. He's going to no longer meet your emotional needs, and, uh, and then since your emotional needs aren't met, you'll withdraw from him physically, and often the marriage relationship ends up in a downward spiral. Ladies, I'd say this, if you spend unnecessarily and you accumulate debt, it can destroy your entire relationship with your husband. And I'm sure you don't want that. And I can tell you this with conviction, that most bad money managers, most of them, have no idea, they got no idea that how they spend money can easily destroy their marriage relationship. They have no idea until often, um, it's, sometimes it's too late or they're already in a situation where they got a lot of debt and the relationship has already started to de deteriorate already. So to both husbands and wives, I strongly recommend you discuss your financial plan, that's a budget, before you spend money, and especially before you take on any debt, including credit card debt. And further, a lack of communication between a couple can easily result in major financial problems and also relationship problems. And recommendation, discuss your finances on a regular basis. I would suggest monthly with your spouse. Develop and follow a budget and never make a major purchase unless you reach an agreement with your spouse. And having some of these discussions, uh, even with your, your fiance, are, are good discussions to have. I'll talk more about that in a minute. A very important question um, I believe that each individual needs to ask is this. What are my areas of financial temptation? You need to ask that question. And what should you do about it? Here's an answer from Scripture. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, God will give away so you can stand up under it. The bottom line is you need to identify your area of financial temptation and avoid it. Stay away from it and ask God to give you the strength to avoid those financial temptations. For example, if you're a woman and you like to spend at the shopping mall, then don't go there. Just don't go there. And if you absolutely have to go there, focus on your list of necessity, get in and get out, buy what you need, and do not do any window shopping. If you're a tool guy, avoid the hardware stores. And if you're a car guy, certainly do not go check out the new vehicles at the local dealership. If you do that, before you know it, you'll sign some document and you got a $35,000 debt. Even if you intend to buy something that you do need, let's suppose it's something you do need, be sure to review your budget to ensure you can afford it. 
and be sure to reach an agreement with your spouse before you spend any money, uh, any significant amount of money. I believe every couple should have a budget that they've prepared and agreed to the guidelines in the budget, and they, he and she should perhaps have a small amount of money that they can spend like an allowance, but anything else that's beyond a significant amount, they need to uh, agree on um, together before they spend the money. I can say this, communication and agreement with your spouse before you make the financial commitment is critical. Engaged couples, I'd like to talk to you for a minute or even someone if you think you may get engaged one day to get married. So what if you're already engaged and what if you've accumulated significant debt that your fiance is not aware of? What should you do? Of interest, I could say this, most people do nothing. That is, they do not disclose their debts to their fiance. Uh, and after the wedding day, the other spouse discovers the debts and feels cheated and betrayed. I can say this, hidden debts will destroy the trust between a couple which is so critical for a good marriage relationship. Proverbs 12:13 says, lies will get any man or woman into trouble, but honesty is its own defense. And uh, I think of one case after I taught a, a bunch of young people at a church, a young man came up to me afterwards and he said, well, Tom, uh, I got a lot of debt um, and, and I'm engaged to my fiance. Are you telling me I can't get married? And I say, no, I'm not saying you can't get married. You can still get married, but you need to disclose your debts to your fiancé before you get married. As a matter of fact, I recommend you disclose your debts to her ASAP. He said, I can't do that. It's embarrassing. And I said, well, it's better to be embarrassed and deal with this before you're married. If you leave it until after you're married, she's going to feel that she's been cheated, she's been deceived. And I can tell you that's going to have a much bigger negative impact on your marriage relationship than if you disclose it to her before you get married. And also, you need to learn God's way of managing money and start paying down those debts and show her that you can learn and you can manage money according to biblical principles. That'll probably give her the confidence to go ahead with the, uh, the wedding. But if, if, you did, if she doesn't find out till after the, the wedding day, there's going to be big problems. What if you are married and your spouse has not managed money God's way, or let's say you're supposed to be even, has not managed money God's way. Let's say you're on the other side. You're not, say you're, you're the lady in this case where, you know, or, or whatever. Let's say you, you're, you're married or you're engaged to somebody and they've not managed money God's way. How do you handle that? How do you approach them in dealing with, um, uh, dealing with the fact that they've accumulated a lot of debt on unnecessary expenses, expenditures? What should you do? Should you do nothing? That's what most people do, and then it just gets worse. What do you think you should do? And I'd say this, when your spouse or your fiance has made some major financial mistakes, here's some suggestions. First, pray and ask God for his wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of us lack wisdom, we should ask God and he will give it to us abundantly. Uh, approach your spouse or fiance with gentleness and respect, as Paul talked about, and communicate your concerns. In other words, open up the lines of communication. Secondly, encourage your spouse to learn God's way of managing money. Maybe they're violating some biblical financial principles and they don't know. Claim Proverbs 21.1, which says, The heart of the king is in the Lord's hands, and the Lord directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Pray that God will move in the heart and mind of your spouse or your fiancé and that they be open to learning to apply biblical financial principles and eliminating some of their unnecessary expenditures and reducing debt instead of accumulating debt. Number four, follow Paul's instructions in Ephesians 4.26 in this process, which says, do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, if you're married, don't get angry and bitter at your spouse. Don't give Satan a foothold in that area. But remain in faith and trust God to change the heart of your spouse that they'll learn to manage money from a biblical perspective. 
Number five, obtain biblical financial counsel to ensure that indeed your spouse or fiance are violating biblical financial principles. Sometimes people will approach their spouse or fiance and they're actually not violating biblical financial principles. They just may be managing money in a different way or may have different priorities. And if, if you do determine they are violating biblical principles, gently communicate this to your spouse or fiance with the support of scripture, supported from scripture, and if you can, document the, the, your position. Let's say they're spending more than they should and they're accumulating debt. Document that demonstrating increasing debts each month. Perhaps you can look at what the total debt load was, say, six months ago and look what it is today and demonstrate that it's going up. And you can look at credit card statements and bank loan statements for that. Number six, if you're married and your spouse still refuses to learn God's way of managing money, then consider having a godly friend who understands God's word on finances and who your spouse respects to speak to your spouse. If your spouse won't listen to you, maybe he'll listen to the godly friend. But you need to get someone who understands God's word on finances. If you're not married and your fiancé is unwilling to learn and apply biblical financial principles going forward, then consider deferring the wedding day until the financial issues have been addressed. Actually consider deferring the wedding day. Here's a real-life case study that I think should help. A young couple were planning to get married. Before the wedding day, she noticed that he spent money rather freely on credit cards. She asked to see his credit card statements, and she was astonished as to how much he owed, and the fact that he was way behind on his payments, and that many of his expenses were wants and desires and not needs. She prayed and she asked God for his wisdom, and then she spoke to her fiancé about his mismanagement of money. He didn't see it as a problem. He told her that she needs to trust the Lord, because God will work everything out for them, and they would get through any financial challenges because they were so deeply in love. She prayed further and she did not have God's peace, John 14, 27, about marrying this young man, so she called off the wedding. He was shocked and in tears. The good news, not long after, he became open to learning God's way of managing money. They both went through an in-depth biblical financial study together. He learned to be content with less, developed and implemented a budget, and they started to pay down his debts quickly. As a result, about one year later, she decided to marry this young man, and today this couple are both leading small group studies, helping other young people learn to manage money from a biblical perspective. Praise God. Please understand, I've seen many cases where it's the other way. The woman spends more than she should unnecessarily and accumulates debt, and her fiancé, the young man, challenges her on the way she is squandering money. Also, something else to consider. If you marry someone who's a bad money manager, if they're violating biblical financial principles, he or she will set a very secular, set a very bad example for your children, which will negatively impact how they manage money. The non-biblical thinking can even be unintentionally passed on to your grandchildren as well. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I can tell you this. I think of an example with a, a young lady who married a young man. She managed money really well according to biblical financial principles. Interesting, her parents taught her a little bit about what the Bible said on finances, but not a lot. The, power, the powerful thing to her was her parents led by example. And she saw the way they spent money. She knew that they had developed and implemented a budget. She understood from conversations that she heard that they were very careful with debt. Um, she, she saw and learned a lot just from mom and dad's example on how they managed money. I would say this, if you're in a situation where your situation's complex and you've got a fiancé or a spouse that's really not, they're, they're spending unnecessarily, they're accumulating debt, uh, and you need more information on this and how to approach them, go to my advanced study called Discerning God's Will and Managing Money, particularly session six. It has a case study, a comprehensive case study 
called Spender is Married to Saver. And I provide 16 steps. Here I just provided seven or eight steps, but I provided 16 steps in that case study that should be considered by the good money manager when they're married to someone who, who spends money unnecessarily and who squanders debt. It's available from our website, copelandfinancialministries.org. Here's a question. What should you do if you're in debt already? Uh, let's say you're married or maybe you're not married. But what you should do if you're already in debt? When I provide financial counsel to a couple or an individual in debt, I encourage them to review their credit card statements, bank statements over the last couple of years and identify those purchases which were not necessary because often part of the debt is on wants and desires and not needs. Those unnecessary expenses can cause a tremendous amount of debt. So often you want to eliminate those. And looking at what you spent money over the last six, actually I'd say the last couple of years is a good idea. Easy credit today creates a phenomenal temptation for people to spend more than they can afford and to get into debt. Uh, between credit cards, lines of credit, it's very easy to get into debt. Next, the next thing you should do, develop and implement a budget to ensure that you're spending less than you earn and you have a surplus to start to pay down debt. After that, do an in-depth biblical financial study on God's word on finances because the probabilities are high you've been unknowingly violating numerous biblical financial principles and one such study is my book, Financial Management God's Way, which is available from our website. I can say this, it doesn't matter how much debt you have or your spouse has, because if you both learn and implement God's financial principles of managing money, I've seen God's hands start to move. He provides incredible blessings, unexpected uh, income, great deal on a purchase. He may teach you to learn to be content with less. And the financial pressures can be relieved and the marriage relationship can be restored. And I've seen so many cases over the last, um, since 1982, where marriage relationships, again, have been restored as we've helped them to take the financial pressure off. And as the financial pressure is relieved, often the marriage relationship can, uh, can be restored. And I've seen cases where actually couples have actually separated and they're living apart and mad at each other because of the financial problems. And we've still been able to see cases where they both learned the biblical principles of managing money and applied them and, and their marriage relationship has they've got back together again and their marriage relationship's been restored and they have fallen in love again. And that's, that's, it's just so exciting to see that happen. So if you're engaged or you're even thinking of getting engaged, or even if you're married, I recommend you do the following. Disclose all of your debts to each other, including the amounts owing, repayment terms, interest rates. Develop a financial plan that's a budget in order to pay off all your debts. Discuss your lifestyle expectations, where you'll live, what kinds of cars you will drive and develop a budget to see if you can, as a couple, afford those expectations. Sometimes people have lifestyle expectations that are not realistic, they're not practical, uh, they really can't afford those lifestyle expectations, so they have to reduce their expectations. And if you're engaged, discuss your wedding and honeymoon plans and develop a budget to ensure you can afford the cost recommendation. Don't get carried away. People could spend thousands of dollars on one day, on the wedding day, when the money could be better invested in perhaps saving a down payment on a house. In conclusion, I would include everyone listening to understand that how you manage money will generally impact your relationship with your spouse. In order to preserve your finances and preserve your marriage, you and your spouse need to learn and follow God's financial principles, which include developing and following a budget, planning and saving for future needs, Proverbs 21:20, learning to be content with God's provision throughout the process, Philippians 4, chapter 4, praying and asking God for His wisdom, James 1, 5, and His specific direction before you make any major financial decision. I'm going to just pray now. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give those people um, the courage to approach their spouse or their fiance uh, who have not been man managing money well. Give them the courage to, uh, to talk to them about it and, and approach them on it. And even those 
who have been spending too much and accumulating too debt, touch their hearts, Lord, so that they will learn and apply biblical principles in managing the money that you've entrusted to them. They'll learn to be content with less and they can experience your peace, Father, in the area of finances. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to learn more about God's Word on finances, be sure to check out the numerous resources available at copelandfinancialministries.org.